0: The good thing was that with him, Sherajenta, we had really a partner who was also looking in the way of the production, you know, of the cases. And that helps, you know, to bring this two-dimensional sketch into a three-dimensional watch.
1: To another episode of Partners in Time. My name is Justin Hast, and it's a real pleasure to be here with you live from Geneva for this IWC Watches and Wonders special. Today, I'm joined by a dear friend of mine, Mr. David Seifer, who, quite frankly, knows almost everything there is to know about IWC and its 155-year history. He is, of course, the museum curator. And in this episode, we're going to talk about the entire Ingenol family and its history, as well as touch on the genius of Mr. Gerald Genta from the original Ingenieur SL. Let me go ahead and welcome david to the show thank you so much justin and thank you for having me i mean
0: it's a very very special moment you know we are talking about the engineer watch and this is always something that gives me goosebumps because i think it was one of the greatest achievements greatest designs of iwc of all time and It's so lovely to chat with you um, about this all because, you know, we know each other so long and um, we have so many times talking about collectible timepieces.
1: And now we are going for a really, really, really iconic. Do you know, it's really interesting because in recent history, people obviously reference IWC for the big pilot, for the Portuguese, for the uh, Portofino. But when you first came to IWC, and, and I want you to tell us a little bit about what you do at IWC, of course, for those who aren't familiar with what you do, but the Ingenieur really does tick all of the boxes for IWC. It, it, it's such an important part of the brand's history, but, but maybe not one that everybody's familiar with. So, David, give us a quick overview of, of maybe what you do and just how important the Ingenieur is to IWC. Yes,
0: that's a good one. And maybe it's also linked to my job what I'm doing. Uh, as you said, I'm taking care for the museum at IWC at the HQ, and also for the corporate archives. And yeah, our job is really to take care for the history and prepare the content for future generations. Um If it is you know, a scientific approach, if it is journalism, um, people who are interest collectors, you know, we are super happy to share our knowledge with people who are interested in the history of IWC. And here comes the point. When I started 2007, you know, among the collectors um, about the people who know, let's say, the details of the brand, the engineer was, um, I would say, if you know about the engineer, you know about the brand. You know what I mean? So it was, if you know um, more, like, than the majority then you know the engineer and so it was always uh, very important for me um, to know also the background story about the engineer and of course for me the first time when i was introduced was the early models of the engineer from 1955 because as i when i started like said 2007 a lot of collectors were really chasing these watches and um, you know always talking about the details so um, i would say yes um, from a collector's perspective or connoisseur's perspective the engineer watch was
1: always very very important. I think it's important to reference actually that 1955 date because of course there was an awful lot going on in the watch world in the 1950s. Some great designs that we know and love today. What was going on at RwC in the mid-50s? Why was it called the Ingenieur? And what was the inspiration behind the watch? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, like you said, the 1950s that
0: were a time of change. You have to think about after the time of the Second World War. I mean, people were thinking about uh, I would say new decades, peace, and rebuild, restruct, go into a positive way into the future. And pretty much also the same for uh, the portfolio of IWC because, you know, 1950, we launched for the first time an automatic movement, the famous Caliber 85, designed by Mr. Peloton, very important now. Up today, because we use this Peloton mechanism still for our automatic watches. Mm-hmm. And you see there, there was a lot of thinking about, um, what could be new in watchmaking, some, what could be innovations and also from a portfolio perspective, what we could do, um, as a next level. And the good thing was, um, that we had a lot of experience with anti-magnetic watches. And so the idea was born, you know, to have the idea of a soft iron cage shielding a movement against the magnetic field also in a civilian watch. Because this kind of approach was introduced first time in 1948 at IWC for watches for the Royal Air Force, for the famous Mark 11. But these watches were only issued to the Royal Air Force. So, and other um, air forces of the Commonwealth. But anyway... So having a watch with the latest automatic movement, or I would, or I have to say, the first mm-hmm. um, automatic movement, very straightforward back then, and also with this kind of two watch with the uh, shielding against the magnetic field, this was something new, and of course the engineer as The one who is looking for a better future, who is constructing things that help us in our daily life. And also think about the 1950s. You have all these electronic devices that were coming up, helping people in the kitchen. I don't know. And so, um, the engineer needs also this tool watch who is resistant against the magnetic field. And so the idea was born to call this special watch, the engineer watch. And, um, there are two, um, let's say, legends i can't but i think they are quite logical to say that maybe it was mr peloton himself suggesting the name engineer mm-hmm. or it was the former commercial director mr greece but anyway it was a great name and i think um, it is a very um
1: or you understand engineer must
0: be kind of a tool watch and something
1: special and the interesting thing here is that we've got a watch in the mid 1950s that had these characteristics that you mentioned, of course, that set it apart from other watches at RWC and other watches on the market at the time. And then we have this 20 year gap where, um, we then have Mr. Gerard step in and the design, of course, of the SL. But tell us a little bit about what's going on in those years. What was happening at RWC and, and, and then, of course, the, the process of Mr. Genta stepping in. Yeah. I mean, when we talk about, uh, the
0: 1955 launch engineer with the, very easy to remember reference, 666. I mean, it was a product, a watch that was sold not in large quantities, but it was always there. That's, this is uh, what I th- think is very important to mention. And also from a marketing perspective, it's interesting when you see, let's say, um, advertisement of the 1950s, 60s, you know, linking IWC with this technical approach, you know, tool watch kind of character also, which is then featured in the design. Um, but this was very okay for 10, 15 years. In the middle of the 60s, we decided to update or let's say make a facelift of the uh, engineer. And this was called the reference 866. But as far we can see from the record, this was not quite that satisfying for the team at IWC. So they were thinking, what could be a next step? You know, a complete redesign of the watch. So what we found out from records and also yeah some information that maybe in the late 1960s, the idea was born, you know, to do something new. And we know that in August 1969, the project, I have to tell it in German, Neue Ingenieur, the new engineer was born. Mm. And what we also learned that it took some, some time because there were first generation of prototypes made. And... Um, as we can see then in, in uh, meetings and that in 1970, 1971, the management was not that satisfied with this um, first step because they want, want to have it maybe a step more towards the future. So the diameter was not that satisfying. Also, the shock protection was not that satisfying. So they were always challenging the construction team. Yeah. To make something more straightforward. And this is maybe the reason that at the end of the day, Together with the former marketing uh, director, Mr. Alexandre Ott, we made contact with this design designer with his straight uh, forward design ideas, Mr. Shera mm-hmm. And he was then maybe 1973 taking care of the project. And then, as we know now, 1974, the first drawing of the new engineer was done. And what should I say? I mean, this, this, this design of Mr. Shenta was really straightforward so to speak, uh, something absolutely new for IWC, And here we go. We have the signature of Mr. Alexandre Ott, who signed for it, that we make the prototypes. And I think some 10 to 20 prototypes were ready then for the fair of BAL in April 1976. And yeah, it was the birth of a new generation of engineer.
1: And by all accounts, there was a bit of a conflict between the marketing department and the senior management. There wasn't a coherent agreement across all of the team at RWC that this new design from Mr. Genta, who wasn't, you know, he, he certainly hadn't the aura that he has today necessarily, uh, was the right decision. Is that right?
0: Yes, this is very interesting to see, because I would say some part of the executive committee was more conservative, you know. Also, you have to take in consideration the time, you know, what was happening back then. I mean, In the early 1970s, IWC had some nice sports watches. It was the Aqua Timer, it was the Yacht Club, and a lot of gold watches and jewelry watches. And, you know, from an economical perspective, this was selling very well, you know, also I mean, if you see these watches, you won't ever believe that this is IWC. but we made them some really, really sophisticated jewelry watches. But from a commercial perspective, that was okay. So no need from a commercial perspective to change uh, the design. But for Mr. Ott, and um the guys who were with him, for example, famous Mr. Hannes Pantley, who was uh, also very um, yeah, he was very uh, looking up to uh, Mr. Alexander Ott. This was not the future of IWC. So they were really, really looking for change, something that is very, very special. And The funny thing is that there was no, like, agreement in the (laughs) Exco. No, no, it was (laughs) a kind way only made by Alexandre Ott and his marketing team to launch this watch and also get in contact to Geragenta. And the good thing was that with him, Sherajenta, we had uh, really a partner who was also looking in the way of the production, you know, of the cases. And that helps, you know, to bring this two-dimensional sketch into a three-dimensional watch. And, yeah, at the end of the day, if you think what was um, the idea behind um, for Mr. Schentha, he he got all the freedom, you know, to make this watch happen. The mm. only thing what we said, and now we're coming back for uh, what we talked before, was the engineer. So it had to be shock protected, of course, mm-hmm. and it had to be anti magnetic. And mm-hmm. these were, let's say, the only restriction we gave to Mr. Schentha. And on the other way, we said feel free to do something new maybe how you see IWC, And mm. this was, uh, yes, at the end of the day, very important and made then this watch
1: happen. So David, were the technical issues the reason it took four to five years to develop the watch or was it the political reasons that it took so long? I mean, we
0: have really to be here or focusing on the details. So, I mean, if you take in consideration that Gerard has started to think about the watch, maybe... Late 1972, early 1973, and the drawing was ready nineteen seventy-four. So this period, like today, you need, you know, to bring really um, um a sketch or drawing an idea of a watch into a three-dimensional watch. So what I learned is that November or maybe October, November 1975, five prototypes were ready and one bracelet. It's very funny. They mention it in detail. So it's, I mean, from a perspective of developing a watch, it's not that long. It's really not that long. I mean, what you were referring to, these political, political is too, too, too much, but you know what I mean. This really challenging the old school design, mm. um, let's say, and thinking, is this really the way we want to go? Should we do it like this? This discussion took like saying, yeah, Three years. <laughs> and so the project was not made in, 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 or faster. But if you think five, six years for a new watch, I think that, that that's okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? Do you know what, actually, David? What, what I mean by that is that actually, any time in any uh, business, when it comes to design and especially departing from what you know, when you're pushing the envelope on the creativity, you know, Mr. Genta bringing something entirely different to the table, it's always going to be polarizing. But the, the high emotion that clearly was there at the time, and of course the business doing uh, what it was doing it it just it just means that everybody really cared, and I think that's you know that's the interesting point here, and the, and it was such a design departure from what people knew around the table. What what was the sentiment about Mister. Genter himself? Is there a record of what people thought of him, maybe as a partner to work with? You know, do we have any understanding of what it was like as far as an integration for him to come into the business? I mean, if we talk about the engineer watch, um, it's it's
0: important to say that maybe he had really few contacts at IWC, maybe with Alexandre Ott, who gave him say the. Green- Green light to make this happen and was his person of contact you know here in geneva most probably uh, where they met and do the do, let's say the meetings about how uh, at the end of the day and um, what should uh, look like but i think um, like I said he was really really working on his own mm. as far as i know from he had really really a strict uh, way to work so he started early in the morning and what is super interesting, and maybe this is the reason, Justin, why you asked, hey, David, why I took this along? When he was starting to draw a watch, I think he took a paper, then he had his uh, compass, you know, to really uh, mm-hmm. look you know, the right um, direction. And then he started in the size of the watch. So he had everything in his mind and then he was, you know, starting. And um, this is what I can't say, uh, but because unfortunately I never met him, but I would suggest that, you know, the creative process was in his mind, you know, way before, but then mm-hmm. at a certain point he was able to finish it and then make it very, very fast. And I think he did so many, many sketches, you know, but also for a lot of brands, uh, mm-hmm. not only uh, for IWC. And what is also interesting to see, you maybe remember uh, last year when there was an auction for for a chronograph sketch that he made for IWC. Mm -hmm. And so often, maybe he was thinking on brands like IWC, but he never had the chance to realize the project, you know, because he was an independent designer, you know, and he had to look for projects, but he loved certain brands. He was always very, very engaged with the engineer because he also liked the way uh, IWC is, because this approach, you know, what we today would call form follows function. And think about the revolution of a stainless steel watch uh, back in the 1970s, which is the engineer, mm. of course. Um, You know, um, maybe that IWC said, OK, come on, we go for it. We, we trust you and we trust your vision. I think this was very, very pleasing for him. And then comes back to this, what I said before with the sketch of this chrono from 1967 that he had. You know a certain vision of IWC as a brand, and this uh, is for me um, one of the yeah the craziest moments to see. Huh? At the end of the day, from a commercial perspective, or let's say from a, um, that the engineer SL was then the most famous, and mm-hmm. we made it. But maybe he was before thinking of IWC, and surely later in his life, you know, always remembering uh, the IWC engineer.
1: And was it a commercial success in the late seventies and eighties, David?
0: To be honest, no, 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 unfortunately not because um like i said if we go back to the 1970s one reason was that this bold standard steel uh design what with this integrated bracelet you know which is which is today absolutely fashion you know everybody's looking for that i mean back in the 1970s it was it was i mean too too avant-garde i would say yeah mm. and then there is one thing particularly related to IWC and this is the height of our movements So I quote Mr. Pelatone again, who said, what do you want, a flat movement or precise movement? (laughs) So what we did was always the precise movement. So it was not very flat. But back in the 1970s, you know, these super, super flat watches of the 1970s, the engineer was from a height. I mean, today it's nothing, you know. Nobody ever would complain about it. But back then, you know, right. it was uh, other fashion. So not that many of these watches um, were made. So what we believe, um, taking or checking the records, that maybe some 800, 900 watches were really sold of the 1832 in standard steel, you know, from 1976 till um, yeah 1982 or something. Um, no commercial success. But the interesting thing is here that later for the collectors... It became an icon. Mm -hmm. And also for IWC, the design was really so striking that we still kept up with the design. So the later generation of the engineer, they kept the code of, so to speak, the code of design of Sherashenta. So it was always um, that we followed. We, of course, it was an, uh, maybe an optimization, you know, also some some of these watches were a little bit smaller, but um, the design of him was Absolutely, um, the code for, for the design. And, um, so you can see. In the next generation of the IWC watches, since 1976, he is really still living with us.
1: And and of course, uh, subsequent years from the 80s till um, you know the 2000s, we've seen variations of his design um, DNA in in the Ingenieur. Um, give us an idea, David, now of the watches we have here at the show with us, the new Ingenieur that's been reworked from absolutely the ground zero from from by Mr. Christian Knup and his team. Give us an idea of the comparisons, maybe, of the watch we have here today. Um, alongside the original um, SL from the 70s. I think it's very very important uh, to understand and maybe christian can answer this question better
0: but you know if you design something you know you don't want to do a copy paste i mean this is not what you want to do as designer and really important Um, this is something that cherashent never would allow you know because also his um, vision was you know don't talk about the designs you know you made it's always the next generation of designs that you envision mm. that's the best design and i think this was also the approach of christian knoop and the team to say, we have here an iconic design, a striking design that is really known all over the world. If you're an IWC enthusiast, um, a watch enthusiast, uh, doesn't matter. You know this watch. You know that it's Sharashenta and it's something special. And you know, this is a burden sometimes, you know, if you have to update or let's say rethink a watch like this. Um, I remember always these discussions we had, should we do it like this, like this, like this? And at the end of the day, it was... I would say a way yeah, for the new generation reinterpretation of the engineer. And, um, uh, we always try to continuously optimizing the watches. And I think in this way you have to understand the new watch. So, um, you take the good design codes, what it was, and then you, you try to bring the watch into the 21st century. Mm. And, most obvious what you see for example is the protection against the uh, the ground protection that we now have and and also the 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 bracelet is it's a little bit different to the original yep. uh, one things like that you know the ergonomics the finishing and of course um you know a new generation of movements things like that but I think we really have to say it's an optimization and a transformation into a new century mm-hmm. so not to let's say um Do something completely different, but something new, you know
1: maybe not revolutionary but evolutionary so small yeah, evolution point. absolutely and, and actually your point there david's really interesting one that we've not discussed on any of our episodes just yet is that in many ways this does honor not only the design but honors the man and his codes of working you know this 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 this, this is something that we believe i think he would be very proud of and i have to say you know i've I've had the opportunity to handle with you some of the vintage um, engineers over the years and um and i have to say from an ergonomic perspective this new launch this new ingenue does wear better on the wrist. You know, as much as the aesthetics look great, of course, it really wears very very well and i think that's an important element for anyone um who's looking to to buy a watch these days is just understanding how closely you can relate and 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 build a relationship with the watch every day it's an easy watch to wear every day in my mind what's your favorite what's your favorite from uh, the four that we've uh, launched this this week yeah but let me go back to the point that you mentioned i think um this is this is very important also you know when
0: you talk you honor the designer because um what we should not forget yeah, um, designers, how many designers do you know from the watch uh, making history? Yeah, not many. I think it was IWC really. We were one of the first, you know, naming a designer. When you talk about the Da Vinci, I mean, we did this several times. You know, remember last year when we talked about ceramic uh, Da Vinci's, mm-hmm. we always mentioned Hanno Burcher. And if you look, for example, to a catalog back then, um, we mentioned Hanno Burcher as the designer. Mm. And it's not then talking about only the watch. And the same happens, you know, at IWC when we talk about the engineer from 1976, the SL. We talk mm. about Geraschenta, you know, and this is, I think, um, what we started back then today. Is so super important, you know, um, that you also want to know who was the creator behind it, not only from a watchmaking perspective, because we know who was in charge of the movement, you know, the Peloton self-winding system, you know, and, um, our, the watchmakers at the manufactory taking care for everything. But, you know, the idea of design, it's so important. So today it's clear you talk, for example, with Christian Knoop, our chief design officer, but in the 1970s, nobody would take care of. Yeah, but here at IWC, we were thinking about it because, um, yeah, like later, for example, when you compare this to the automotive industry, the designer really is super important shaping. Um, the watch of course and then it becomes an icon or not and here with Shenta he did this already and so it's so important uh, to mention him and this is also and now I come back to the question and you see I am scared to answer it correctly <laughs> I could not tell you what is the best watch you know um, or the better design because all of them are linked to a certain uh, decade you know what I mean so for me now the new one of course that's the perfect watch for the 21st century because like you mentioned with um it's it's super smooth uh, to wear and had, with the technical features is perfect for your daily life today but also the 1970s looking back then if you had the chance to wear an 8032 engineer SL I mean, man, this was kind of, wow, how dare, you know, this was a really, really bold statement. So really I, I, yeah, I admire both of them. To be honest, this is a perfect choice for a collector. Yeah, absolutely. Both.
1: You're absolutely right, David. I think that's a key point and and a good, good point to finish on really is that a watch really is of its time. As cliche as that sounds, it's, it's of its time. And that's important. Before I leave you, you have to pick one of them. Which one are you going to pick?
0: No, 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 Justin. No, 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 no. I don't answer this question. Are you now embarrassed if I say I took them both?
1: <laughs> not, of the, not of the vintage one versus the new one, but of the colors we're launching now, not the old oh. versus the new.
0: <laughs> ah, Justin, you know me long time. I'm a very conservative guy, but you know, the aqua blue. Um, wow. That's kind of striking. Striking. Know? All all this history, um, um, you know, if you check the other podcasts and all the contents that we share on our IWC homepage, but talking about this color, the aqua, it's it's fantastic, and and I would pick this. So now,
1: <laughs> <laughs> great, cool. I wasn't going to have to get you to go head to head with the uh, the original. I think that would have been totally unfair. Uh, David, listen, thank you so much. We've crept well over our twenty minute uh, time cap, but in this instance, I think it was worth it because your insight is invaluable, and and I'm sure that all the listeners out there will be fascinated to 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 hear everything that you know. And of course, anyone at the show this week, please do um, keep an eye out for David. The man knows everything that you'd ever want to know about IWC. And I wonder, and I and I don't know if if he's going to have a special watch on his wrist but every watches and wonders or shh you always tend to bring something interesting from the museum to the show and have it on your wrist so if you get a chance do do have a word with david but thank you david for the chat. It's always an absolute pleasure really enjoyed thank you it for having me
0: justin always a pleasure always <laughs> a
1: pleasure ladies and gents there we go thank you very very much for joining me and uh, really appreciate your support keep well and speak soon